Hi, I'm Daisy. And I'm Kat. I'm trans. And I'm sis. And we're in a relationship. And we're going to talk about that. In this episode, we're talking about sex. We're talking about how sex has been before and after I came out and the impacts of gender roles and identity on our sex life. This is The Daisy Diaries. Hi, Daisy. Hi, Kat. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for asking. No worries. So this episode, we're talking about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. (laughs) Let's talk about you and me. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we've been putting off this episode for a while, I think. Have I mean, we? we've been teasing it since like maybe episode three that we were going to do it. And now we're here. We made it. We're doing it. Here we are. I don't feel we've been putting it off. Well, I think you... Well, mm. <laughs> personally, I think it's your fault. Is it? I think so. Why? I don't know. It's touchy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh... I think it's a, it's a pretty, it's, you know, it's, it's an personal. involved personal issue. And I think we just wanted to lead into it, you know, the foreplay, metaphorically speaking, takes, and literally speaking. It takes seven episodes to get me going. <laughs> I just wanted to say up the top, direct you guys to our social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Daisy Diaries Pod. And you can follow us on our Facebook group at the Daisy Diaries podcast. I think sometime in the next week or so, we're going to pop a question box up on our Instagram story to see if anyone has any questions they want us to answer um, in a later episode. We're probably going to finish up in the next few episodes, at least for... For a little while. For a little while. It'll be end of like season one. Uh, Have a little summer break. So yeah, follow us at Daisy Diaries pod if you want to see when we upload new episodes sometimes see photos of daisy not see a photo of me go to my own instagram for that greedy (laughs) and uh if you want to submit a question we would love that yeah and the other thing i wanted to say is um content warning on this episode for sex stop listening now mum. yeah if you don't want to hear us talk about having sex with each other (laughs) (laughs) this probably isn't the episode for you oh i have something i need to give a mention to as well So the study that I've been a part of since like the start of this podcast, I guess, they are still looking for more study subjects. I think they've got about a third of all the subjects that they need so far. So if you live in Melbourne and you are just about to start feminizing hormone treatment, then you can get into this study. You can get some free meds. You can be part of science, which is very cool. Uh, So send them an email at anti-androgen at unimelb.edu.au. Good job, us. Look at us doing all our housekeeping up the top. Yeah. Daisy. Yeah. Do you have any updates for the past fortnight? Loads of stuff. Go on. Tell um, all about it. Oh, so the first one that I wanted to talk about is, I think last time I talked about feeling a bit tense about Christmas. Yeah. With my grandpa being there, me not being out to him. Yep. And I asked my mum to sort of talk to him about that for me. So that sort of came to nothing because he's in hospital at the moment so he he wasn't there i guess i'll have that conversation with him when i'm ready to so that's the end of that one <laughs> in case anyone was interested watch this space when daisy's granddad gets out of hospital yeah the other one though i was at a gig recently this was just such a weird encounter oh. i feel like i should bring it up so i did a gig and it went super well i'm very funny 
Um, <laughs> okay. And most of my material, it was all new material about being trans and coming out to my family. And after my set, this lady who I'd never seen before came up to me and oh, she was standing so close to me as well. It was like very uncomfortable. She started rubbing my back instead of this weird conspiratorial way. <laughs> And was like leaning in close to talk and she was just like i really liked your material that was really funny and i'm like sweet okay this is this is going well so far this interaction i was worried but it seems to be going okay the rubbing sort of put me a bit off but the compliments brought me right back can i ask what were you expecting when she rubbed your back what did you think was about to happen because that's so weird and i don't know what i would i honestly thought maybe she was just a bit drunk and was like you know sometimes someone will see you on stage and suddenly they think that you're like friends or something like they know something about you so they'll just be very like too friendly Mm -hmm. i thought that's what was happening Mm -hmm. um but then she was like so you're newly out as trans good on you like i thought you were just a very shy person i i didn't know that you're a trans woman and then she said Was she saying she thought you're a cis woman or a cis man? A cis woman. Okay. And then she said, I'm from Sydney and you can spot them from a mile away up there. Yeah. So then she she said something like, keep up the good work or something that was meant to sound encouraging. Like she was praising me for passing or something, which, ugh. Yeah, pretty fucked up. Um, Just in case anyone doesn't know what passing is, do you want to? Yes. So passing is trans people when... I guess they present in such a way that you can't tell that they're trans. They're sort of going incognito. For some people, it's really important. For other people, it's not at all. I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. Like, you know, I aim to present femininely, but, you know, it just made me feel kind of yuck. Yeah, it's really creepy. Uh, Well, firstly, it's like coming up to someone, invading their personal space, touching them. It's so... I don't know. It just makes me think of a specific kind of misog, like not misogyny. I guess transphobia and misogyny, kind of like intersection mm. that trans women specifically. It's like even more of an entitlement to like your body and to like knowing really personal things about your body and your genitals. And I mean, I guess that's all kind of like pretty obvious stuff. But just the idea of this like woman, you know, you might imagine that it's usually men who come up and touch women inappropriately. Um, but like a cis woman will come up and think, oh, like this trans woman is going to love me, like making these comments about her body. Yeah, she's going to so appreciate that I'm validating her in that way. Yeah, almost in the same way, like a creepy man might think that a woman yeah, exactly. appreciates those attentions when it's actually like, leave me alone. Mm. And also don't pit me against other... Yeah, people. that was the, the thing trans that, that really, I was just like, so what if I, like, I didn't say anything because I just felt so uncomfortable. But afterwards, I was just thinking like, so what, like if I had a beard or like, if I was, I don't know, like if I wasn't presenting more feminine, you, you would just think that I'm not like valid or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, it was yuck. Yeah. And well, cause I'm thinking, you know, you haven't been um, out for that long. So you probably haven't had many experiences like that, even just as any woman you know, cis or trans would have those creepy experiences that women have sometimes. Is that kind of one of the first times that something like that has happened to you? That is the first time that has happened to me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I mean, it was going to happen I mean, welcome, you're initiated. (laughs) Woo! It's like, I should have thrown you a part like a period party. You know, when mums throw their daughters a moon party. I want to throw my (laughs) girlfriend a, you got inappropriately... (laughs) Treated in a public place. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. 
just hang rape whistles up around the house. It's <laughs> keys and mace. <laughs> yeah, it just it was a very uncomfortable experience. Yeah, I, I, it sounded yuck. I don't care to repeat it. No, you probably will. <laughs> probably. Yeah, weird. I and mean, the other thing is it's a bit of a logical fallacy because she's just basing it off people oh, yeah, that she, was she like, has visually identified as trans She's in like, public. I can spot them from a mile away, but it's like the people who are passing, obviously you're not spotting you're not them spotting because them. they're passing. Exactly. And also, oh, look, I don't know. but It's like, I don't know. It's like how my dad didn't know the difference between drag queens and trans women. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, does this woman know the difference? I don't know. I I guess it's kind of immaterial whether she does or she doesn't. It's shitty either way, so Mm. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think the reason I didn't feel like I could sort of push back against some of those things she was saying was because she was being so, like, friendly and positive. Like, I feel like if I'd called her out on it, then she would have, like, a negative reaction to be like, oh, trans people are, like, rude or something. I was just trying to say something nice about how she looks. Oh, 100%. That thing of, like... You can't say anything. I'm afraid to even talk about these issues. There's so much hostility, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the other thing what it is, it's like you're getting a pat on the back for not taking up too much space almost, like for not being too audacious, for not being Mm. too visible, for not making cis people uncomfortable. Yeah. Which, again, I feel like mirrors some experiences that I've had as a woman sometimes Mm -hmm. where it's like, it's so cool how you're not, you know, whatever, like... Am I articulating this well? I think you needed like an adjective (laughs) there, maybe. Like kind of being told, like, like, I don't know, when a guy will be like, you're so cool and chill. It's awesome how you don't like call me out on shit, blah, blah, blah. You know, this kind of implication of like, see, you're a cool chick. Like, you don't mind. Yeah. I knew you'd be chill about it. Um, You're just one of the boys. You're just one of the boys. You love, you think these jokes are funny, right? Yeah. It's so cool how you think these jokes are funny and, like, if you don't, then I have a problem with you, so maybe don't say anything, you know. It's kind of like a bit of a gun to the lower back, you know. Mm. Well, that's a sad update. Yeah. I think it was worth talking about, though. So we're going to talk about uh, sex now. Sex. Sexy sex. Sex, 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 sex. Do you want to start? Your note at the top of the page just says sex. Sex. Uh, yeah, well, you're a trans woman. I'm a cis woman. At the start of this relationship, you were still a trans woman, mm-hmm. but I didn't know about it, and I don't know that you knew about I it. I didn't know about it at all. We didn't know. It was a secret, and I was a cis woman. So we were having uh, basically pretty heteronormative, cis-normative sex. And now things are a bit different. Not as different. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're like radically. They're not as different as I think I might have imagined they might be. Mm. I'm I'm thinking that maybe people are curious about. I mean, yeah, I do have to say for anyone who would look to Daisy um, to be an educator about this issue, she did <laughs> me a month ago. Turned to me a bed and go cat. And I was like, yes. She was like, how do lesbians have sex? Wait. <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> you did. I was like, Daisy, we are that. <laughs> <laughs> you cis normative transphobic monster. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Um, no, but you were like, how do two girls, like, how do two cis girls have sex? Well, yeah, you seriously you... don't remember saying that? No, I you don't. You said it like so recently. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you also said that you love Donald Trump. 
You just don't remember. It was like two weeks ago. I may have said that I love Donald Trump as a, uh, I think his casting in Little Rascals as the dad of the rich villain. I love that. I think that's very good. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah. Good save. I'm making our podcast <laughs> great again. No. Um, Mocha. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm losing it. Mopka. <laughs> the point is, we are not authorities on these matters. Yeah. Neither of us, except for me a little bit, has had girl on girl sex before. I have, actually. And I suppose you have, but you didn't know about it again. Yes. So, what do we want to talk about? I think it's just interesting to talk about, like, because for us, I think our sex life has gotten better. Yeah. For a while there, it was a bit more strained, I think. But I think we're in a, a pretty good... Yeah. I would like to ask you, how did you feel about sex in our relationship before you came out? Well, initially, when we first got together, very good. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but then I, I feel like maybe like the differences between our sex drives sort of became more apparent and... Yeah, we have a pretty significant sex drive mismatch, I would say. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, especially when you first came out, I was like, oh, this is the reason. But now I'm more inclined to think we probably just do have a sex drive mismatch <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, not to say that I don't think you being trans. Oh, it was definitely like a factor. It's significant though. for sure. Yeah. But that doesn't, it's not the only factor. Yeah. And actually, what I would say, and hopefully we'll kind of, I guess, explain this throughout this discussion, but I don't think that you coming out as trans made our sex life better because it was like the missing piece of the puzzle was finally shown. I think that you coming out as trans made our sex life better because it um, kind of flipped the script and it, it removed those like heteronormative, cisnormative assumptions about what sex should be like and it forced us to... I mean, like, we've spoken about this in a lot of areas. Mm. It really forced us to look at things just... A bit differently. Differently. We started talking a lot more openly about all that stuff. I mean, I think we had spoken about it, but what I think is that what the implied outcomes should be still remained kind of unexamined. Yeah. As in, it was like, we should be having... Well, in my mind especially, I was like, we should be having more sex. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be, you know, penis in vagina, mm-hmm. sex, and other stuff, obviously. I like it all. I don't actually <laughs> like it all. Anyway, uh, <laughs> don't put it in my butt. Um, <laughs> anyway, we should be having more sex. It should be like, quotes on quotes, like real sex from like that very assumptive position that, you yeah. know, it should go all the way. You should finish. Mm-hmm. I should finish. It's less important. Mm. Always. I feel... Oh my God, I'm jumping all over the place. Can you, how did you feel? Well, yeah, so we did sort of have expectations of what our sex life should be like and it wasn't like that. I guess like the amount of sex we were having, um, sort of what it looked like. I think actually I am going to disagree with you there. Okay. I think what it looked like is what we thought it should look like, but I think that's why... It wasn't feeling good. It wasn't good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like at the time we were just having like kind of I guess like what you would imagine sex to be like you do a bit of hand stuff you would do maybe a bit of mouth stuff and then you do the p and v stuff yeah until until it's done until it's done which usually means the uh quotes unquote man comes I'm stressed out talking about this yeah 
yeah go sorry well we were we were stressed at the time at the time <laughs> we were very stressed i don't know if we've mentioned it before but like we've generally been like very very stable with each other and that was like maybe the only big disagreement that kind of felt like maybe we could break up over it we almost broke up like a couple of times yeah yeah it was just so i don't know it's interesting and i think actually quite a lot of people i know can relate to this um and probably quite a lot of people generally and especially like women who date men you know because we hear you hear a lot that um men are really conditioned to see women as prizes and you know like pursue them and see them as conquests and uh, really hang a lot of their val- value on their ability to like get women yeah um whereas women are kind of shamed for being promiscuous or whatever but i also think that as women and specifically as women who yeah date and sleep with men that it's just an assumption that men will want to fuck you and that men will yeah really enjoy having sex with you and obviously they'll be able to come i mean we know that a lot of men feel really stressed when they can't come Mm. um i don't think it's really talked about that much but i think it's probably a lot more common than it than it is talked about yeah um and also that women feel like you know if you're in a relationship where the mismatch is reversed from what you would imagine it would be so the quote unquote man (laughs) in this case you weren't a man but i didn't know that yeah um wants sex less wants less sex than the woman you're like what yeah what's wrong with me and like oh my gosh all the media that we consume like especially sitcoms and things like that where it's based around a family it's always like the dude i mean it's always like some slumpy dude with a super hot (laughs) wife and he's always hassling her for sex yeah she's always like no i'm not into that yeah so i think for me i was feeling like and i i knew intellectually that it was kind of stupid what i was feeling like it wasn't true sometimes there's just a sexual mismatch and that doesn't mean your partner doesn't love you or isn't attracted to you or anything yeah but i was feeling quite like bad about myself because of it yeah it really made me realize uh how much of my self-worth when it came to like image and especially body image i hinged on the idea that uh people would want to sleep with me yeah um, which is something to talk about in therapy uh and not here too much because <laughs> i'll get sad but um just to dash over it and then i think for you and correct me if i'm wrong but you were feeling really inadequate yes because i was giving you kind of a hard time as well yeah you were like why isn't this happening it should be happening that's what a healthy relationship looks like yeah and I mean, interestingly, I think on one hand, I wasn't giving you a hard time. Like I was making really big efforts to communicate with you really openly about it and really kindly about it. But yeah. I think the way that it became a hard time was because I was like, well, this has to be the destination that we're going to be having more sex and that it's going to be this particular kind of sex. Yeah. So how are we going to get there? Mm. And neither of us really knew that we could change the destination rather than agonizing over how to like yeah. make the journey so to speak yeah true and instead just look at like how can we have sex meaning in now any sexual experience mm. shared between us that is intimate and enjoyable yeah and makes us feel connected to each other yes you know that's not what we were really yeah the pnv stuff wasn't the piv the, the piv <laughs> we had to pivot <laughs> away from the piv well yeah it wasn't really checking like any of those boxes really like we weren't feeling connected to each other necessarily and it wasn't always enjoyable either 
so yeah it was causing a lot of stress and because that that goal that we both sort of framed was basically to have more sex it was putting a lot of strain like you would express i want more sex and then i would you know say all the things like okay let's do that and then it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen and that was sort of a cycle and eventually you'd get upset and then we'd have another another long conversation and i i really wanted to you wanted to want to exactly yeah you didn't want to yeah and so then i guess as well of course the gender stuff was probably going on for you under the surface to some extent yeah and you know we had one conversation where you said like you said you weren't attracted to me yeah oh there was a lot of confusion and like misplaced feelings and every time we had one of those long conversations I would sort of be trying to think like these conversations are very repetitive I'm sort of looking for something that might like the the way that I would try and figure out what was going on for me would be to like posit something and then sort of speak about it and see where it went so i think me saying that i don't think i was ever unattracted to you i think i've always been quite attracted to you quite very attracted to, you're, you're very right. attractive oh my god you're so hot <laughs> thank you um no i rem- yeah because i remember when you said it well, yeah we're having this long conversation and then that was kind of the crux of it and i just like burst into tears and i was like I need to break up with this person. Well, like, it, I can't it was be almost a confirmation of a lot of the, the fears that you were having. 100%. And then you kind of clarified. I'm scared there's going to be people listening being like, these guys should not be together. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so vulnerable to talk about this. Yeah. Um, but you no, kind this of... Is, this is like um, in the movies where the couple are together at the end and they're talking about how they got there. So you know it works out in the end. True. It's all happy. And kids, this is how I met your mother. Oh, I've been rewatching that and it's so transphobic. Anyway. It's really transphobic. It's really fatphobic. Yeah. Um, but I was saying to De- – sorry, just a little how many mother aside. <laughs> I was saying to Daisy, it's okay. If we can get through it because it's both transphobic and fatphobic. Punching both of us down together. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would want to watch something that was just fatphobic. Yeah. Because I would feel personally attacked and I don't think you would want to watch something that was just transphobic. No. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. Anyway, you kind of like, you were like, I just don't think I feel sexual attraction in that way. Yeah. Um, and then I thought maybe you were asexual at the time. Well, I'd, I had thought that previously as well. Like even back when I was still in school, like at one point I was like, maybe, maybe I'm asexual. Really? You've yeah. never told me that. Um, Why did you think that in school? You always said you were very horny in school. <laughs> She's always banging on about how horny she was as a teenager. <laughs> always banging on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that thought came up for me. You know, like everyone's sort of exploring things. And then at one point I was just like, I don't know, because I hadn't, I think it was before I'd had any romantic partners. I'd felt romantic attraction to people, but then not sexual attraction, not being interested in sex. I just didn't think I was ready. Yeah, just too young. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I was still like thinking about it and being like, maybe I'm not even interested in sex. So. And do you think that maybe part of what you were feeling in terms of um, I'm not like attracted to you, I'm not sexually attracted to you was and like then feeling like, oh, no, actually, it's just that I, I don't feel you were kind of like, I just don't feel that attracted towards having sex in general. Do you think that that actually had to do with 
and I actually I don't know what you're I'm not trying to lead you to a particular response I'm actually I'm really curious mm. to hear your answer I don't think I know what you're going to say <laughs> really telling them myself here <laughs> usually when I ask Daisy a question they're leading a question I expect <laughs> to know the answer <laughs> I just feel like sometimes you're you're easily led I am I'm very agreeable so I'm just saying this isn't don't try and read into what I want to hear out of this. Daisy, wouldn't you say you're agreeable? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you think it partly had to do with not feeling a, a kind of sexual attraction that matched up with what is the kind of like expectation from men? I guess so. Yeah, like it's sort of I guess there's there's this expectation that you're like always the one pursuing and when you're having sex you're being like I guess the more dominant one like you know, the man should be on top and I mean, not all, there's so many positions and things like, anyway, as a young person, you sort of internalize a lot of things like that. And yeah, I didn't necessarily feel like that was, that was for me. Cause you have talked about, um, before, I'm not sure if you've spoken about it on here, but you have spoken about it to me. Sex being one of the places you felt a bit dysphoric. Yes. Because it felt quite male and masculine to be having sex within a relationship where, you know, you were the filling the role of the man and I was filling the role of the woman and there were all those expectations around that and the way sex was playing out. Yeah. Um, I feel like sex has always been a bit fraught for me. It's felt good before, but I don't think it's ever been something that I feel like comfortable and relaxed doing until, I mean, until now. Really? Yeah. You know, it's something that you do like at the height of passion and it's, I don't know. It's not like a fun activity. It's like a thing to pursue pleasure. Does that make sense? Like the difference there? Yeah, you're talking about like chasing orgasms. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Well, I mean, that's one of the more discussed problems with the kind of normative ideas we have around sex is that they're so, well, I guess the first one would be that women or really vagina having people's orgasms aren't prioritized. Mm-hmm. But then secondly, that it's all very focused around orgasm. And so, and that focus on orgasm takes the focus away from those things like connection and intimacy and like, yeah, fun. I know what you're saying. I have observed um, that you don't feel very comfortable with the idea of passion. Yeah, I'm not a very like, I guess, strongly passionate. I don't know. I don't feel strongly like angry when things are going wrong. I don't feel like strongly... I don't know. I don't tend to have very extreme emotional responses to things. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, I guess that applies to sex as well. Hmm. I hope, I mean, yeah, we'll get to this later, but I hope that things continue to get better for you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're still early and kind of a bit of a journey. Take yeah. a shot. I said journey. <laughs> I think second time this episode. But yeah, I guess let's skip forward. Now everyone has a bit of an idea of what it was like for us beforehand. It was like definitely the most difficult part of our relationship. Yeah. And I felt quite, I don't know, like I didn't almost know how to approach it because I was very used to sex being the easy part of a relationship and the emotional stuff being the hard part. Right. I was like, well, not that the emotional stuff was always very difficult, but Mm. I was used to the idea that like, you know, if you didn't want to talk or something, you would just fuck. (laughs) And that would feel good and that would make you feel close to that person yeah whereas for us it was making us feel i think much more distant from each other because we mm. just could not like work it out i was about to say we could not nut it out <laughs> <laughs> um we couldn't work it out we really weren't on the same page mm. 
yeah, it was making us feel more distanced from each other. So it was it was troubling. And I think we were in a place where what, as you described before, we would talk, have a really big discussion about it, usually have like a bit of a cry, like, and then up, and then we would usually have sex on that day. Yeah, that was good. And th- and we'd talk about it like this is what we're gonna do. It's gonna be different, whatever. And then time would pass, and things wouldn't really go the way I wanted them to, or that either of us wanted them to, really. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually we'd have a few discussions, and we would get more frustrated with each other, and then we'd have another argument. Yeah. Um, and there was like a release of tension after the argument that made it like bearable. But we were stuck in this cycle. Yeah. In hindsight, I feel that I was kind of bullying you into it a bit. Like, ooh, I hate to say that. Yeah. I- I didn't feel like pressured necessarily, but I felt like this is maybe a difference that we won't be able to work out. And that, that was something that felt very stressful. Yeah. I don't think I was actively like coercing you into sex. No. I just think that now looking back on it and the, you know, hindsight is 2020. Um, I was just trying to, you know, get a triangle block into a circle hole. Like mm. now everyone knows I have a triangle. <laughs> uh yeah anyway so you came out yeah we've talked about that yeah i freaked out not to you really this is one of it was one of the things i was nervous about i am bi mm-hmm. but as has previously been discussed i haven't dated women really and i haven't slept with women anywhere near as much as i've slept with men which is a lot sorry um <laughs> And um, I haven't dated any trans women, so I had no idea what to do about that. Like, I did have very, again, cis-normative ideas around what it would mean to have sex with a woman. And so you coming out as a woman wasn't like, oh, so we'll have, like, it'll be like having sex with a woman, but it wouldn't be like, you know, I was like, it wouldn't be like what I would imagine having sex with a woman would be because that's about, like, two people with vaginas or whatever, Mm. which obviously is not correct yeah people of all genders can have vaginas and people of all genders can have penises and people of all genders can have variations thereof and i was like one of the questions obviously that popped into my mind early on was are you planning on having bottom surgery Mm -hmm. um and now i would say that i'm less bothered either way Mm -hmm. because again i would say the kind of some of the interrogation we've done into the way we have sex and the way we kind of view sex is to really take out the importance of what specific hardware you're using. <laughs> yeah. It's about like the the fun and the connection. Yeah. But I want to know, I guess, how you felt about sex right after coming out. I sort of, honestly, because of all the tense conversations we'd had, I sort of felt like maybe it was going to be a bit of a reprieve for a little bit. Like you would feel like maybe it would be okay for us to slow down a bit and... <laughs> So, (laughs) oh, babe, I'm so sorry. I was sort of just feeling a bit, a bit relieved. Like, okay, at least we can sort of reframe the conversations that we're having for a while. Mm, And we did. Yeah, we did. Did you feel like you had identified a missing piece of the puzzle? To some extent. Yeah. Like, again, I was still, that was still so early on. I wasn't a hundred percent sure of myself either, but you know, it was like, maybe this, this is a sort of solution. Um, maybe this is like a reason why I'm feeling this way. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. And I mean, I would say for a little while we kept having issues around sex. Because we were still sort of trying to like reconfigure, I guess. 
Yeah, and what I mean, what I would say, other than like being afraid, having questions about um, bottom surgery, was that I was also like, oh, are you not being going to want to or be able to like, quotes unquotes, use your penis anymore? Mm. Because I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really know much yeah. about hormones or what the impacts of them were. So I didn't know, like, were you not going to be able to get hard anymore? Were you not going to want to have that kind of like penetrative sex anymore? Yeah. I can't believe I just remembered the word for penetrative sex. We've just been saying piv the whole time. I've been saying piv, I forgot. And every time I said it, I hated it. (laughs) I thought it was a deliberate choice. I was like, this feels unnecessarily graphic. (laughs) It's like when you go to the doctor and you're trying to explain, explain a problem... And like maybe if you're not pooping right, you'd be like my bowel movements are irregular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When really you just want to say I'm not pooping right. I'm shitting weird. <laughs> Doesn't shit right with me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you'd want to have penetrative sex again, so I was kind of like in a panic. Also because I was like, well, I can I stop having penetrative sex? Is that something I'm open to? Mm. I don't know. At the time, I kind of felt like it wasn't something I was open to, or that it might not be. Yeah. And yeah, it was stressful. And I think we kept having similar issues, but no, they weren't as stressful. And then what happened? What did we do? We sort of just reframed it a bit. Like we've got this book called uh, Girl Sex 101. It's on our bookshelf. People, whenever they come over, they see it immediately. We've turned it inside out now. Yeah. I mean, not the book. We've just moved the pages so they're facing out. We just sort of started trying to look for, I guess, different ways that we can have sex and what we're hoping to get out of it. I think that that has sort of emotionally changed for us what it's what it's about yeah i think the big one was what we were wanting to get out of it and i really was glad that i was in therapy Mm -hmm. while this was all happening because i spoke to my therapist about it and yeah she was really helpful firstly she recommended a book sexual intelligence what we really want from sex and how to get it and she just kind of said and the book says similarly like chill out (laughs) Like, I think that's really what sort of the big thing is. It's like, I don't know. One thing it says very early on in this book, and I really recommend this book. It talks a lot about like older people and um, people kind of like losing their sex drive and then feeling really freaked out that they can't have like the kind of sex they have when they were young. But I think it's actually really applicable to probably people of all ages who aren't having the kind of sex they think they're meant to be having Mm. and are feeling really unsettled by that or don't want the kind of sex they think they're meant to want or aren't enjoying sex in the way they think they should be or whatever. And one thing it said really early on that just like, it was just like one sentence and so simple, you know, sometimes you just have to read something obvious and it just like, you're like, oh. (laughs) And I think I said it to you too at the time that it was like sex in some ways is like a high risk activity. You're risking feeling disconnected from someone. You're risking feeling embarrassed. You're risking feeling vulnerable. And if you, if you know that your sex life hasn't been very good recently and there's been all these difficulties, then it's not a very appealing activity. Mm. And if you are lucky enough to have a partner who you like and get along with, there are probably a lot of activities that you enjoy doing together that don't pose those risks and those emotional stresses. So is it any surprise that you're choosing to do those other activities? Yeah. Instead of choosing sex. And just reading that, I was like, oh, and it just really reframed it for me in terms of like the fact that having sex when sex is making you feel stressed and inadequate and, and shitty is doesn't make sense. So, of course, you're not doing it, firstly. And secondly, 
oh, it's like a strength of our relationship in one way that we enjoy doing all these other things together and that we have a lot of, you know, we like each other's company and there's plenty of things we can do together and we share intimacy in a lot of ways that aren't just about sex. And so then the other thing this book kind of talks about is, yes, like it was there that I started thinking about, yeah, you know, people say they want connection and intimacy, but often what they're looking for is like validation or an orgasm. Or, you know, to feel attractive or to feel better about their bodies. And, you know, when you go into it thinking you want connection or saying you want connection, but you're actually seeking all these other things, well, it's going to get in the way of connection Mm. and pleasure. Yeah. So I think it was about, for us, really saying, you know, and to get down a bit more into like brass tacks, we kind of took some stuff off the table Mm -hmm. and said like, let's just look at what can we enjoy what does good feel good right now and like let's just do that and like let's not worry about any stuff that doesn't feel good for yeah. either of us yeah I think a large part of that was like early on I was becoming a lot more self-conscious around my body so I didn't want to focus on myself so it became more just about making you feel good and then that was making me feel good and I think that really worked for us yeah and that was something I really had to reframe as well because I would say again one of those things about being a woman who dates men like Sex has been very much not all focused on me and I had always wanted to be the one giving pleasure to get that validation. Mm. And the idea, honestly, of it being all about about like me and my pleasure initially really freaked me out and I wasn't into it. And I was like, well, no, like I want you to enjoy it. (laughs) And then I realized I'd like become that dude who's like so obsessed with your orgasm that it's like ruining your entire fucking night, (laughs) you know, because like he can't do it. He's obsessed with doing it, but it's not really about you. It's about him. To like prove that you can make them orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had, you know, and I shouldn't be saying dude because I'm doing it as well. So clearly it's not a gendered <laughs> thing, but I've just had that experience um, with men. But yes. So now at the, at the moment when we have sex, it does tend to be more about me <laughs> yeah, and my orgasm. And, you know, I got to say, I do like having orgasms. <laughs> They're good. Get on it. Yeah. My recommendations from this podcast are Sex 101, the book, Sexual Intelligence, and uh, Orgasms. Get around it. Why are you looking <laughs> at me like that? <laughs> it's a good list. Yeah, so it is more about that. And then, and I think it makes us feel a lot more connected because we're not trying to do all these things that just aren't working. Yeah, like we know what's feeling good for us and we know what's making us feel close to each other. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't mean we never have penetrative sex. We just do it when we want to and we never go into a sexual encounter with that expectation yeah like if it happens it happens but it's not like that's the goal or anything like that yeah and i think we've now it's more like that's the kind of thing we apply to everything it's like maybe we'll just make out maybe we're just going to touch each other a bit like cuddle each other even yeah and we just kind of i mean this sounds kind of stupid and obvious but it really wasn't obvious (laughs) to us until we talked about it a lot and we're like directed to resources yeah so the name of the two books and I might have mentioned them earlier, is Girl Sex 101 by Alison Moon and KD Diamond and Sexual Intelligence, What We Really Want from Sex and How to Get It by Marty Klein. And I really recommend them both. Uh, Sexual Intelligence, really for anyone. Um, And Girl Sex, I mean, really for anyone too. It kind of does talk more about like two women having sex and that's inclusive of like non-binary people as well, I think, and trans women, Mm -hmm. but also it's just having sex with women. So if you're a woman or if you're a person who has sex with women. Yeah. I mean, it would be useful for cis men as well because it's about female pleasure. Um, 
And I mean, I think because we're probably coming to the end of the episode now, uh, what I would say, I mean, I know there's probably, I imagine there might be some people listening who are like, how do trans people have things? Which is also a question I, like, I didn't really understand. What I would say that I feel now is that any two people who bring their bodies to the table like you do, whatever feels good with those bodies. And there's obviously certain tips and tricks and activities that different people can do. uh, But I don't think... I don't, well, I don't know how you feel, but I don't consider myself enough of an expert on that to really no. speak to it. Um, but Girl Sex 101 does kind of speak about some of that more specific anatomy stuff. So, And it's got like diagrams and it's got yeah, yeah loads of information. But, you know, it's a lot of hand and mouth stuff, guys. <laughs> 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 to put it broadly. Yeah. And sometimes other stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like the the most helpful thing has been to really not say how, like, it's to take away all the scripts. You know, it hasn't been to, like, be like, oh, it's not a cis woman and a cis man, it's a cis woman and a trans woman. It's been to then peel back that other layer and realise, like, we're just two people and we just should do whatever we want to do and um, when we want to do it and when it feels good. What? Yeah, exactly. You're giving me a look. <laughs> yeah, it's a big smile. Oh, okay. That's nice. Uh, gay. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know, we don't have sex super often now, but I would say more often than we were at the worst stage because now it's just like less stressful. And it's good. Yeah. And also, but now I don't feel like, you know, I think before I wanted us to be having sex more, but was it really because I like desired sex physically or was it because of what that represented? Yeah. Um, And I would say the answer was somewhere in between. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and now we just do it when we both want to do it for the kind of the good, good reasons about feeling close to each other and physically enjoying sex. And if we want other things, we do other things that address those needs. Yeah. For example, if I feel like I need to be validated, I say, hey, do you think I'm hot? You know, <laughs> much easier. Yes. Than trying to make you make me feel it with your penis. Yes, exactly. Which is really going the long way. Mm. The very long way. Am I right? <laughs> on that note yeah i feel like that's that's kind of it for this episode yeah i feel exposed guys hope you enjoyed it i think it's ended in a very nice place thanks anyway thanks for listening bye bye